Thanks for joining us today for the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Now, here's today's message. Revelation chapter number two. Revelation chapter number two. And we're going to look at uh, this, this passage of Scripture, but we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks Uh, started a series entitled A Kingdom Building Culture. A Kingdom Building Culture. And that's what we want and desire here at Fellowship Baptist Church is uh, to have a culture amongst us uh, that is trying and striving to build the kingdom of God um, here at Fellowship Baptist Church and in our surrounding area. And this morning, uh, we come to the book of Revelation. and, And the book of Revelation addresses seven letters, to seven different churches in Asia Minor. So if you can kind of picture a globe, a world map, it's modern day Turkey is where these churches were located, Asia Minor. And he writes these letters to these churches. um, And each letter was proclaimed by Jesus. Uh, They were written by the apostle John while he was on the Isle of Patmos. And they declare the triumphs and the failings um, in each church. But, but the advice that we get here to these churches is not only for these seven churches, it is also for uh, the church today. It is a forewarning to the church today and in our present time of the traps, the snares that can lure us away from the church's uh, mission, from the church's mission. And, and we find here in this passage of scripture, Um, He talks about uh, where we're going to talk about the first letter, the letter that he writes to the church at Ephesus is a letter about love. Now, let me ask this question today. This morning, is there any man here today that says, I am in love? Raise your hand. Oh, if you don't raise your hand, your wives are sitting next to you. Uh, I'd be scared to go home with you after church. No, listen, love is a, a powerful thing, isn't it? Love drives us to do some things that, that we would otherwise not do, uh, right? Love is, is a powerful thing. And so before we get into the letter that Jesus writes to the church at Ephesus, I want us to go back to chapter number one and look at verse number three. The Bible says this, John says in verse number three, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints. So he says here, I want you to listen. It's a a blessing to listen to these letters. You can get something out of it that's going to impact your life. And look at what he goes on to say in verse number four. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse number five, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And I'm reading Jude, and I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Verse number four, no one even said anything. Goodness. Verse number four, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from which it, 
from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before the throne. Listen to what he says in verse number five of Revelation one. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the king of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sin in his own blood. Isn't it amazing that we sang all those songs about his blood this morning? Lord, he loved us that he shed his blood. And so what he's telling us here is that, hey, this is a love letter from Jesus. This is a love letter from him to these churches. Now, we come to the first letter in chapter number two and verse number one. The Bible says this, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write. These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. And so here we find that the angel that he's talking about here, it represents the the pastor, okay, or the leader among the church. He was writing to specific churches. And so John describes the churches with an illustration of a candlestick. He says the churches, he illustrates the church as a candlestick. And understand, we as a church are to be a light, aren't we? We're to be that candlestick. We're to be burning bright uh, around the people around us. And he says that Jesus holds us. Isn't that incredible there? What a powerful statement. The church is a candlestick and Jesus holds us. What that shows me is that, hey, it's going to be okay. Because he has us in his hands, right? Right? And the power of the church is held in the hand of Jesus Christ. John goes on to say that this letter from Jesus, he says, he says that, 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 that it is from him, the one that loved us. I can see the pastor getting this letter and saying, all right, church, we have a letter from Jesus. Can you imagine? I'm sure that, that kind of perked him up a little bit. Oh, a letter from Jesus? You know, the truth of the matter is we have this letter here from Jesus. But he says we have this letter from, from Jesus and, 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 and he goes on to say in verse number two and three, this is what he says. He says, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars and hast borne and hast patience and for my name's sake hast labored and has not fainted. I'm sure these church members were like nudging each other. Jesus, look what he's saying about us. I, I see your good works. I see what you've done. I, I see your, your patience and your labor. And I'm sure they were getting excited. Jesus sees all these things. And you know, it's a wonderful thing to know that Jesus sees what's going on here at Fellowship Baptist Church. The things that we do, sometimes we do them and we get tired and we think, is all of this in vain? Know that it's not. Because Jesus sees it. He knows it. He knows what you're doing. He knows your effort. He knows uh, what you're putting into the church and your service. And so I can see these individuals saying, yeah, this is, this is great. And, and Jesus is complimenting them. He, he compliments them for their hard work. For what they've done for him and and their, their heart, their effort. He, he also compliments them for standing for truth. 
They weren't a compromising church. They, they stood for what's right. And that's what I want to be here at Fellowship, right? A church that stands for truth. And no matter what people say in the world or no matter how much the immorality changes in our world today, we're going to stand for the truth, for the word of God. So he compliments them, but we come to verse number four. Jesus kind of makes a little bit of a switch here. He says, nevertheless, that's never good, is it? Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. And I'm sure they were thinking, how do you have something against us, Lord? We're doing all this work. We have all these programs. We have this wonderful music, right? We have, we have all these things that we do here. We're, we're putting in the effort and we're doing all of this. And you say you have somewhat against us? There's something that, sh- that, that you're not pleased with? There's a problem. So what's the problem? The end of verse number four. Because thou hast left thy first love. Because thou hast left thy first love. Notice here, he doesn't say you've lost your first love. He says you've left it. Remember back in chapter number one, verse number five, John says, this is Jesus writing to you who loves us. Amen. He loves us. You know, in every relationship, when you say, I love you, you want to hear it back. Sometimes you get, that, you get all the courage to tell that, that girl that you love her and you say it and then you don't hear it back. That's a sad day, right? Jesus is saying, hey, I love you. I'm the one that loves you. And somewhere along the way, after salvation, you left your first love. It's not all about me anymore. I see all these things. Yeah, you're doing a lot, but it's not all about me. You've left your first love. Jesus is saying you had a great love for me and for others. And if you study the church of, at, at, at Ephesus, Paul said, and he encouraged them, and he, he said in Ephesians 1.15, he said, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love unto all the saints, they had love. When they were first saved, when they first came to Christ, they had that love. They were keeping that first love, but somewhere along the way, they left that first love. What is first love? One commentator said it this way. It is the devotion to Christ that so often characterizes the new believer. Fervent, personal, uninhibited, excited, and openly displayed. It is the honeymoon love of the husband and wife what he said. He said that type of love when you first met Christ, that type of excitement that you had, you couldn't help but tell other people. You remember when you first got saved and you heard that song about how Jesus loved you and what he did for you and you were were just overwhelmed with joy? You were excited about that? And now that we sing that same song that you heard right after you're saved and we mumble right through it because it's just an old song and those words don't really mean anything to us anymore. That first love is what what he's talking about here. Understand this morning that it's more than a church service. It's more than tithe. It's more than programs. It's more than singing songs and having a wonderful time singing together. Listen, if we aren't careful, our passion will slowly turn into ruts, routines, rituals, traditions, and we end up going through the motions of things. 
It's not that we're excited to go to church anymore. It's more of a chore for us. We become critical of everything that goes on around us and everything that we go through. And it's easy to get to that point in our life when we get to those points in our relationship with Jesus where there is no more passion and the relationship becomes about us. It used to be when we first got saved and we sang Amazing Grace, my chains are gone, it meant something to us. But somewhere along the way, we've lost our first love or we've left our first love. So this morning, I want to preach to you on the subject. And I know that's a big introduction, but I want to preach to you as when it comes to a kingdom building culture, if we're going to have a kingdom building culture, then we cannot leave our first love. We cannot leave our first love. And so we can't lose that passion and that freshness, that newness, that zeal. Sometimes we just get over it. Listen, don't ever get over what Jesus has done for you. Don't ever get over it. So how do we get back? We find here in this passage of scripture, Jesus tells us, hey, there's some things that we need to do to get back to our first love. And as, I, as we go through this message, I want you to think about the things that you do, maybe here at the church or the things that you do for, uh, 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 in service to the Lord. Do you do it for him? Are you here this morning for him? Is he your first love? We find here number one, and when it comes to not leaving our first love, we must remember. We must remember. Look at verse number five. The Bible says, remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. That word remember means to recollect, to make mention, to be mindful Jesus isn't wanting them to dwell in the past, but he wants them to not forget what he had done for them. He doesn't want them to forget what, how he went to the cross for them. He didn't want them to forget those things. And, and in Ephesians chapter number two and verses one through nine, this is, this is who they were. This is what Jesus did for them. I'll, I'll read it for you. It says, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. That was us, right? Dead in our trespasses and sin. Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, amen, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith. And not, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's what he wants us to remember, church. That's who we were before Christ. Dead in our sins and in our trespasses. But when we met him in his mercy and in his grace, he saved us. Not anything that we did to, to earn it, to deserve it. It was all him. 
And he says, I want you to remember where you've fallen from. I want you to remember your first love. Listen, sometimes in our Christian lives, we forget of the situations that God has brought us out of. We forget about how he changed our lives and gave us a purpose and direction. How he opened our eyes to our sin and our need of a savior. You know that was God who did that? That was the Holy Spirit opening up our eyes. Listen, what, what happens? We, we forget about how excited and how thankful we were when we first trusted Jesus Christ to save us, and we get used to it. Can I remind you why Jesus is saying this? Because that in all of the stuff that this church in Ephesus did, Jesus says, I have something against you. If you and I no longer make all of what we do here at Fellowship Baptist Church about him and for him because we love him and we make it all about us, it no longer pleases God. We must make it all about him. Why? Because we remember the blood that he shed for us. We remember what he's done for us. Jesus is asking, when did you leave this love? What happened? When did you get over the love of Jesus Christ for you? When did it just become going through the motions? When did church not become about Jesus and it came about you? What, what's going on? He says, hey, where, what happened? You left your first love. Listen, understand today, when, when did amazing grace stop being amazing? When did we start taking the greatness out of how great thou art? When did we stop having that passion? When did church stop being exciting? When did we stop the excitement on Sunday morning? Listen, church, have you left your first love? Have you left your first love? I was hoping that my jacket would help, but it's really not. <laughs> church, listen, have we forgotten the love that Jesus has for us? Have we forgotten the love that Jesus has for us? He says, remember. Church, remember what Christ has done for you. But not only that, he says, repent. Repent. Remember and repent. That word repent means to change one's mind or direction. Heartily to amend with abhorrence of one sin. In the middle of all of this where Jesus is saying, I don't like this. I have something against you. But God, we're doing so much. But God, we have all of these programs. But God, we put our money in the offering plate. But God, we do this and, and we do that. Our calendar is full. He says, I still have something against you. You've left your first love. Jesus is saying the only way that we can get this right in our own lives is not only remembering about what Christ did for us, but allowing that memory to now change our direction. To change our mind where we begin to look at Jesus differently again. Church, I don't know where you are right now in your own spiritual life, but if you're not living your life for Christ, it is vain. It is empty. If you're not here today because you love him, 
then you probably shouldn't come. You probably shouldn't come. I can't believe a pastor's saying that, right? Listen, if you're not here for the right reasons, then why are you here? If, if you serving in the nursery is not because you love Jesus, then you might as well stop. The nursery worker is going to, the nursery leader is going to kill me. Listen, whatever it might be in your life, listen, we have to get back to loving Jesus. He says, repent, remember, turn from the way you're living now and start putting Jesus first. Repent, stop coming to church for your own good and for your own self and start coming because you love him. Repent. Start telling other people about Jesus, not because your pastor preaches on it every Sunday morning, but because you love Jesus. Repent and start doing it. It's time that we start, we start getting real about it, amen? It's not, we don't just talk about it and keep remembering it. We must repent and start doing what we're supposed to do. See, when you and I begin to realize why we do what we do here, when we fall back in love with Jesus all over again, then he allows our light to continue to shine. You'll see later on, we'll get to it in just a moment. But Jesus said, if you don't get this fixed, I'm going to remove the candlestick. Your light will be put out. So Jesus is saying, listen, get back to me. And maybe there's some here today that need to repent and decide I'm going to put my relationship and I'm going to start putting my love for Jesus Christ at the top of my priority list. He's no longer at the middle. He's no longer at the lower part. I'm repenting today and I'm putting Jesus and placing him on the top of my priority list. Because church, we don't want to leave our first love. It's a dangerous place to be in in your spiritual life. And he says, hey, listen, I want you to, I want you to remember, but allow that remembrance, rem allow that, that gospel of Jesus Christ and his, his goodness to you, allow that to drive you to repent. But then he says, return. Remember, repent, and return. Look at verse number five. He says, remember, Therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works. He says, I want you to return to the first works. I want you to get back to where you once were. He says, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Understand here, he says, to do the first works, it means to repeat the things that made your heart first burn for Jesus Christ. It means reading his word, reading of his love for you. It means praying on a regular basis. It means being faithful to church where Jesus is preached and taught and, and it's showed and his love is showed by other believers who can encourage and who can exhort. It means getting involved in a Sunday school class and growing in your knowledge of, of Jesus Christ. It means sharing the love of Jesus with others throughout the week. It's returning to those things. Returning. 
Church, if we make what we do here at Fellowship Baptist Church or anything that we do in our personal lives about anything other than our personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then it's all empty. And eternal value, it's empty. See, are we listening to what Jesus is saying here? Are we hearing when Jesus says, hey, I have somewhat against you. I know you do a lot. I know you're, you're serving. I know you're working. I know you're giving. I know you're busy. I know you stand for the truth. And that's all wonderful. And God is, is for those things. But a lot of times through all of that good stuff that we're doing, we tend to set aside our first love. In the midst of all of that stuff that we are doing in our lives, we, we tend to forget what he did for us, right? Our close relationship with our savior is put to the side. And church and the things that God desires becomes more about us and what we like and being critical than it does about furthering the gospel and glorifying our savior. I'm here to ask you, church, have you left your first love? I thank God that we don't lose our first love. I'm saved and I'm saved for all of eternity. But have you left your first love? We see here at the end of verse number five, you talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, I'll just take it out. It isn't a matter of, God's saying you lose your salvation, yes, but he's literally saying, if it's not about me, if it's not about your love for me and your relationship with me, and it's all about your programs and what you do, then you have nothing. He's saying here, there is nothing there. It would be better off if I move it else, if I move it somewhere else and do something else with it. Why? Because that's a false representation of what the church is all about. It's all empty. It's void. It's dead. See church, in spite of all the works that the church at Ephesus was doing, they were in danger of losing their light. They were in danger of losing their light. They might've had a full church. They might've been they might've been doing a lot of work. They might've been standing for the truth, but they were in danger of losing their light. And I want you to get this. The church that loses its love for Christ will soon lose its light. The church that loses its love or leaves its love for Christ will soon lose its light, no matter how doctrinally sound we might be. You see, the glorious city of Ephesus is today just a pile of stones where there is no light shining because they left their first love. Church, I ask all of us to stay in your heart. If Jesus were to come to you and if he were to say, Tyler, I know all the things that you do. I see it. I see that you love people and I see that you study and that you prepare and that you preach and I see that you do these things. But Tyler, do you love me? Wow. 
See, sometimes we can get so busy with doing all these things that we forget to love him. And when we forget to love him, no matter what we're doing, we are in danger of losing our light. And church, let me say this. I want to, I want to be a church that has a culture uh, to build the kingdom of God, to be the light that we need to be. And if that's going to be the case, then we cannot leave our first love. We cannot leave our first love. And if today, if we have left our first love, we need to remember where we were. We need to remember what he's done for us. And we need to repent and return to the first works. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want this to be a candlestick that's removed. I don't want to be another church at Ephesus that no longer exists. Church, will you repent today? Will you say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you haven't been first in my life. God, I try to do all these things for you and I I try my best and they are for you. But sometimes I can get so caught up with the things that I'm doing that I forget to love you. Listen, make sure your relationship with Jesus Christ is a priority in your life. And if it's not, repent and return to the first works. Amen? A kingdom building culture does not and cannot, does not and cannot, we cannot leave our first love. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Fellowship Baptist Church. Come visit us at 2501 Michigan Avenue, Panama City, Florida. For more information, check out fbcpanamacity.com. Have a great week.